Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are recording. Welcome, everyone, to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital, where we help law firms grow their pipeline using digital marketing. Today, I got a special guest out of Virginia, which is where I'm actually at. So nice to have another Virginia guest on the podcast. Jim Wagner, welcome to the podcast. Uh, good morning. It's Jim Magner with an M. Did I say what I said Wagner? Why did I say that? Sorry, Everybody Jim. does. <laughs> Jim Magner, I apologize. Not a problem. Um, so uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on to, to share your story and, and some details about your firm, what you guys do. So uh, you're just in Virginia, not too far from me in uh, Leesburg area. So tell us, you know, really what's, what was the moment you decided to become attorney? What's your journey? What's your story? Gotcha. Mine's probably a little bit different than uh, most people. I had no intention of being an attorney. That includes while I was in law school. I was actually working in uh, Alexandria for a trade association doing government affairs work. And it dawned on me after a few years that those people who had the ESQ after their name made more money than those who didn't. And uh, so George Mason University School of Law had a night program. They were about about six blocks from, from where I was. And uh, so I enrolled there purely with the idea that I would, I would get the piece of paper, hang it on the wall, and demand more money. I, it was probably about, uh, so the night program, unlike most people go through in three years, it took four years through the night program. So my third year, um, I took a class with a local judge who's now retired, but he had me in a trial class and had me working there. Took me aside one day and said, you know, I know that you don't have any interest in actually practicing law, but you ought to think about it because you're actually kind of good at this stuff. And he put me in a program that they had over at the Fairfax County Circuit Court for uh, clerking for the circuit court judges there. And uh, when I came out of that clerkship program, I was still had a, a little bit of law school left to go because, again, we had a four-year program at night. So uh, at that point, I was keyed up and said, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe I should, I should switch and become an attorney. So that's the point that I had, probably a little bit different than most people. At the time, I had actually switched. I was then working for the U.S. Coast Guard and uh, as a civilian and got okay. put, once I got my law degree, um, got put over as the uh, clerk of the court for their court of appeals. So um, I had my first job as a lawyer was before I was licensed. Um, when you work for the federal government, they can call you a lawyer if they want to call you a lawyer, since you're not actually representing any clients. So, so I got to do a lot of appellate work and research work with the Coast Guard before starting over and, and, and jumping over to private practice, um, which uh, you know, was financially more beneficial to me. At that point, I had been out of college for a number of years. I had a wife, a couple of kids, and a mortgage. So although the government had a lot of benefits at the time, working at the, that level on the GS scale in Northern Virginia just wasn't going to cut it. So, so I went out to private practice at that point. So you had, so you had a mentor, if you will, in the judge that said, hey, you're good at this. You need to go pursue it. Yeah, that was really the, the turning point because I respected him quite a bit. And, uh, you know, of course, I was a little bit older than some of the other law students there. Not a whole lot, but, uh, but a few years older had been out in the world. A lot of most of them at the time had gone straight through from high school to college to law school. 
So I think that probably helped a little bit, having a little bit of life experience in, in the law class. And I, I certainly recommend that to anybody who's thinking about law school. Get out, get some life experience first before you go diving into law school. It, it'll, it'll absolutely help the, <laughs> the whole studying process. Well, especially if you have kids and it's meaningful, right? You, you have that hanging over your head. I got to pass this. I don't have a choice. <laughs> I've got, yeah. I've got to buy diapers and formula. I've got to, I've got to get a job. And uh, that, that's a huge motivator, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming age to, uh, you know, in the courtroom and being a little bit older versus super young uh, might have some help too, but well, that's really awesome. So now, you know, give me a little more information on uh, your firm, what you're doing today, what your, your focus practice areas are, and, you know, I guess what you specialize in as a, as a practice. Sure. We are, you know, sort of the prototypical, I think, uh, small town law firm in a small town that's not really small anymore. You know, as I started practicing in the D.C. area, I was in Fairfax and I was working with a firm in uh, Tyson's Corner and they would send me out to Leesburg to do cases because nobody wanted to drive out this far. And I really loved it. And again, uh, having a nice family and, and, and wanting to have a little bit more of a peaceful existence than in the heart of, of the D.C. area, the, the D.C. suburbs close in, the traffic and the expense and everything. So when I came out to Leesburg, I just loved it and stayed and ended up joining a firm out there, out here, and then eventually went out on my own. And the idea for this project was a law firm that had good business sense. And, and the reality of it is that uh, lawyers, and I know because I have clients that are doctors, dentists, and other professionals, because you're really good at one thing doesn't mean you're really good at business. And <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of the law firms I worked at, including uh, the one where I was a partner, there's a lot of sort of financial turmoil constantly. You would go out and you'd get a big fee on a case and you think, great, hey, we're all going to go out for a steak and champagne tonight. And you'd watch as the money just went down the hole into the debts that the firm had accumulated. And the attitude was always, well, we can always make more money. We're lawyers, we're law firms. So, you know, frustratingly badly managed. So when I went out on my own, I thought I'm going to have a firm that is a good, solid business. In addition to being good lawyers and having a good law practice, we're going to be yeah. a well-run. And that was kind of my focus. And so my focus personally has always been on helping small businesses, whether it's setting up small businesses, business to business litigation, developing contracts for them, developing employment pro profiles and all the things that they need to do for running their business. And then off of that shot, uh, estate planning and, uh, and, and assisting them that started with company founders, company owners saying, gee, you know, I want to leave this to my kids. I need to do my estate planning. So that grew into an estate planning practice. I brought on uh, an attorney that I had worked with years ago that I had a great experience working with a guy by the name of Jeff Saradar. And he came over, he runs our family law and personal injury section. Um, we added a criminal defense attorney, uh, this woman, Megan Matalka, who was uh, an award-winning criminal defense attorney, particularly working with, um, with children and, and kids, which is great because as it turns out, the business owners often come to me with, hey, my kid did something stupid and got in trouble, can you help him out? <laughs> and so it all sort of works together symbiotically. Uh, we that's recently awesome. I said, that's awesome. It, uh, it's a good, you know, I guess progression. I think that makes a lot of sense with what I see with business law, estate planning makes sense usually right after that. And I've heard of a lot of other attorneys come to that same conclusion as I've got to interview quite a bit of them. So that's really cool. Yeah. And the idea is to add the, the pieces of the legal work that our clients need and not try to be everything to everyone. 
we do take a, a pretty wide variety of cases, but they, they, we try to make it all fit into a coherent sort of business plan and model for our clients. So where we're serving uh, a certain type of people, we're providing legal services they need. And so they come back to us. They don't just come to us for the business contracts. They come back to us for the other things that they need as well. I, I think it's great. I think, you know, we have a business attorneys uh, that we use quite often for our company and you know, there's things we just, we can't do without them. You know, we have, we have to have them and their expertise. And the reality is if they, if they offered estate planning, which they don't, and those other things, why would I go searching for someone else when I have a trusted relationship with, with them, they do good work, they take care of us. So that, that makes sense to me. So I know for me, I would do this in the same place. That makes sense. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. And then Leesburg, you know, anyone watching, if you're not from Virginia area, uh, Leesburg is beautiful. We like to go up there and uh, stay up there sometimes and it's just a beautiful area a lot of wineries and, and cool spots so that's like the uh it's like california but it's on the east coast <laughs> yeah, it's changing though it's it is in a sort of a, a shift because there's been so much people so many people moving out here so much development when i first got out here and started practicing out here i think the the most serious crime they had to deal with was you know someone cheating at polo and of course now with all the growth and development, we have, you know, real problems as well, but it's still a very pretty place to be. There's a lot of horse country, a lot of wineries, as you say, and I think a little bit more civilized than, and, uh, the inner suburbs. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are trying to move out and, uh, you know, move out to the suburbs or the, you know, where the country's at. So we'll see that, you know, shift for a little while, I think, but, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully those areas can, you can maintain some of those farms and sprawling lands will stay in place. But all right, well, so let's switch over to, so your practices, I love kind of how you're set up, business focus. Attorneys don't come out of school knowing how to run a business. So I think, you know, that you've kind of caught on to that's important and running your practice like a business, especially when you're helping other business owners, you need to yourself know how to run a business. So I think, you know, that makes all more of the sense to, to use someone like yourself. You're taking care of your business, which means you can you can really help and give the right advice, I think, to another business owner. And that's something I would look for in an attorney for sure. But uh, what's some of the ways you're getting in front of your clients? What are you doing to market yourself and pick up new clients along the way? Well, this is this has been a, a you know sort of the ongoing problem, particularly with small law firms. Obviously, we don't have the budget for the TV ads, you know, the late at night, if you've been injured in an accident type of ads. Uh, we can't advertise on the Washington Capitals hockey games, you know, kind of thing. So as I explained to my small business clients, sales is really the hardest job in business. And there's a reason that most of the Fortune 500 companies CEOs come out of the sales department. It's because it doesn't matter how good you are at the job, whether it's trying cases or writing contracts or whether it's hanging drywall or doing plumbing you can't get out and communicate to people and get people to hand you money to do your job, then you're not going to last very long, no matter how good you are. And <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're always in that, you know, what do we do with the budget that we have? What do we do with the tools that we have? Well, one of the tools that we have is ourselves. Lawyers who do litigation are naturally outgoing people. You know, we have lots of hobbies. We like to do things. Uh, one of the things about being a lawyer is that it does afford you the opportunity to be active outside of the, the law firm. It doesn't always give you the time, but it gives you the money. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Right, yeah. but um, <laughs> so we've developed a program, I like to call it the room method of marketing. And the idea is that there are, there are two facts that are true. One is that people will hire you if A, they like you, and B, you happen to be standing in the room when they need you. 
right? And, you know, so uh, the key then is to stand in a lot of rooms. And that means getting ourselves out there in the various aspects of, of, of the community where we want to be with the people that we want to be with. So we, we try to turn those things that we do as attorneys, as hobbies, into community activism, uh, being out. So, uh, for example, I like to fly airplanes. I have a, a pilot's license. And so I'm very active at the airport and very active with uh, pilots associations and groups out here. We, we are, uh, one of our attorneys, Jeff Saradar, is very big into men's sports. So he's involved in soccer and other, other programs. And then we take part in, in a lot of charitable events. We always have a donation and a table at the local Habitat for Humanity uh, annual gala. We have tents at the local horse races. We have a box at the polo grounds. And we do these things, none of these things, I don't think anybody's ever called us up and said, hey, I saw your, your sign up at uh, the, the horse races uh, and I want to hire you. Uh, but what it does is it gets us out where people see us. It gets us out visible. You get to talk and to people. Then, yeah. And then while we're out there, we're not you know, constantly shoving our business cards at people saying, here, hire us. We're lawyers. You know, let me do your will. Let me do your will. Uh, instead, what we're doing is we're participating. And if if Jeff is out playing on a men's soccer team, he's out playing on a men's soccer team. If we're participating on something online, or I'm going to a uh, you know a pilots organization meeting. We're just out there being part of the group and participating, so that people actually like us and they're not afraid when we come around that oh, if I go talk to him, he's going to shove a business card at me. He's going to constantly talk about business, and uh, it takes a long time. It's taken us. We've been in practice here. We started this firm about five years ago, uh, okay. six years now. And God, I guess six years now, going on seven. And, <laughs> and it, it takes a while to build that. You have to you know, really work at, at being out there and being involved in stuff for a long period of time. But if you do that, you find that more and more you start not only getting the calls from the people in those groups, but you start getting the calls and the emails and the messages from people saying, hey, uh, Bob in your group said to give you a call. He said, you know, I've got a legal problem. He said you could help me. And once you get those kinds of calls, you realize that your network is really, your, your marketing channels are really open and working. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. No, I love it. I mean, that's really how I started out too. And I still rely on heavily. Uh, so I, I think that's a great way to do, you know, and within what you do, yeah, you can't just go force yourself down people's throats. And the other thing you said too, uh, about sales, how important that is. And if you can't close a deal, you can't sell anybody, then there's, there's no work to do. There's no one to help. So I think that's a really good point right there. Uh, no. So I think what you're doing there are, as far as a marketing standpoint, online, social media, is there anything like that you guys are uh, putting some energy into? We are. It's, this has been, social media has been in existence now for nearly 20 years. And, you know, Facebook, Twitter, marketing, uh, before that there was MySpace and there were AOL chat rooms. And there's, it seems like since the internet has started, there have been group meeting places on the internet, on the World Wide Web. And uh, yet, even 22 years later, 20 years later into it, we still, I think, as businesses have difficulty figuring out how to do that because people are online because they hate ads, right? That's why you stop watching the TV is because you're tired of the ads. You get a subscription that's it's free of the ads and you, you, you participate in that. 
And so I think we, we, what we've decided is to take the same approach we take in real life, we take online. And so we'll be involved in the same types of organizations we're involved showing up in person, we're involved sure. in online. And then with the same emphasis of trying to be a good participant in that group, a good group member, and use that as sort of a, an, a, an online version of, of our regular marketing channel. And that's been very effective. Some of the online groups that, that we participate in feed us a, a, a lot of client work, a lot of inquiries, a lot of new client development uh, through those channels. Because let's face it, right now, uh, a lot of people have windows open with social media and they may be watching us and listening to us. They're also clicking through their Facebook to see you know, what, their, what their friend did over the weekend. I think that's excellent. I think it's a great way of, of putting it and thinking about it. You know, we do social media as a service is one of our services that we do because uh, we do digital marketing for law firms, but we call it, we don't call it social media when, if you'd like to work with us, it's, we call it community engagement because that's what we feel it is. And it's, it's not just advertising on there or trying to like, you know, post every second about your firm and, and how they can hire you, but community engagement is what it w should be. You're helping, you're engaging, you're responding to things that people have questions or in your case, yeah, there's tons of online groups, Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups uh, for like the chamber or other organizations in your community um, that you just participate. And when someone's got a question that you feel you can answer, um, just that alone and say, hey, that guy's, you know, always around and seems to participate and he's always got an answer for stuff. And that's that's going to that's going to work just as well. So I assume with COVID, too, uh, are, are you guys able or most of your groups back up meeting in person and stuff like that? They're coming back. They're coming back. One of the things that, you know, I, I will say is that with law, and I'm sure the same is true, doctors will tell you the same thing, real estate agents will tell you the same thing. People won't go ask a lawyer for advice first. They won't go ask a doctor for advice first. They can go ask their friend, right? Yeah. You know, my kid got in a car accident and they ask that to their buddies and their buddies say, oh yeah, you should sue. You'll get lots of money and you should do this. And so we found it's it's helpful if we're their friends and <laughs> they come to us as a friend for the advice. And, oh, by the way, unlike your other friends, I actually know something about this. And uh, uh, because that's just the reality of it. I mean, a lot of the work that we do, the first sort of part of the client process is dispelling all of the stuff they've been told by their friends and family and coworkers and TV and movies. But they'll know that's that's not really true. It's not how it works. You know, here's the reality. That's awesome. It's funny, like for me, I get a lot of friends that reach out to me, like asking about websites or how I can help them set up advertising campaigns or whatever. And just because they know what I do. I think one of the things is important too, like just that people know what, what you do do. Um, and that's okay. To, you know, more like your, your power base, if you will. Hey, by the way, I didn't know if you knew, but I now run my own law practice. How many people, you, you know, high school back all the way that probably have no clue what you do, you know? So at, Sometimes it's a good practice for a new attorney anyway, to, to let everyone know, friends, know. family, work your way through and just give them a call. You're not asking them for their business. Just, Hey, just want to let you know that this is what I'm doing. So that's it. And, uh, they might go, Oh, actually I have uh, a friend that is starting a new business right now. The other piece of it that I think is really, really critical that a lot of people don't get and understand. And that's that uh, if you want to get those those network channels flowing with casework coming in, you have to be a good referral partner as well. You've got to be giving out the numbers and contact information for the CPAs who are referring you work, for the financial planners, the real estate agents, and the other professionals that are calling you up and giving you clients for, 
-hmm. you've got to be as responsive. And because if that flow is only going one direction, it's going to dry up pretty quickly. And so that's part of being a good business partner, but good community member is helping other people connect as well. And that comes back tenfold. For every referral that I give out, I probably get five or six referrals back. Um, oh, that's great. And, you know, and attorneys, we have to be a little bit careful because we have to make sure that we, we advise the clients that we're not endorsing a particular uh, professional, whether it be a CPA or a real estate agent or something. Uh, we have to be a little bit careful how we do that, but we can still make those connections and, and referrals for people and help people get those other services, our clients. So we're helping our client and we're also establishing and maintaining those referral networks that we're relying on. Yeah, I think, you know, it's another great practice is uh, to, you know, I call it like a power, it's like almost like a power group. Like I used to be in B&I a long time ago, like a networking group. And you always see like these little groups that always got together and always referred each other. And that was like, the real estate agent and the the mortgage person and the the title person like they all obviously work together well right and so you can do that with your own you know with like a law firm if you, you know, like if you mentioned your cpa these different types of professionals that have a good ability to refer you go find them go establish a relationship um, i know for me i keep a spreadsheet that my whole all my employees have access to for things that we do we don't do uh, I have my attorneys in there. I have CPAs in there, photographers, videographers. So we do marketing, but we don't, sometimes we don't cover some of those, those things. So, so if a client asks one of my employees, Hey, do you guys know anyone that does this? Oh, I, I have a sheet right here. Here's our trusted referral sources that I can refer you to. Um, and try to make it, make a point to try to refer when we can to, you know, to help them out. So, uh, but yeah, good point. If you give a referral, they're going to try to go out of their way to give you one back. So, yeah, pretty soon you find that those other professionals are actually working as a team on, on some of your bigger matters. If we have yeah. complex business litigation, I know I'm going to need to bring in the CPA or the, uh, the other professionals. We're working on a construction case. Uh, we might need other construction experts to come in. So it's nice to be able to have those people that we're referring back and forth to be able to bring those guys in as part of a team and, uh, and really help the client out when, it, when, it, when it, the time comes to do that. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, good point. That we just we just experienced that ourselves. We were doing a restructure of our company. We had our idea, of course, as the business owners, which you're always the entrepreneur is always going to have their own, you know, because they're trying to figure out everything. And then you go to the attorneys, and then they go, okay, well, not necessarily. So they came up with a way. But then we brought in our CPAs, and we brought in our financial planning company that does all our business financial planning, our four hundred one ks, all that stuff. And they each three had their own proposal for what we should do. You know, one was for most protection, the attorneys. Mm -hmm. The other one was for, uh, you know, taxes and, and whatever from the CPA. And then the financial planner was, you know, that was all looking at, at other types of returns and if we sold or whatever. So it's, and then we had to decide, <laughs> but we had, a, we paid all three of those people lots of money to discuss it. And we got the options we needed and we, we pulled the trigger on what we thought was best. So, uh, but, yeah. And, and you bring up a point there for, for business attorneys. If you, if you're going to be representing business clients, if you're, because as the attorney, you're always worried about what's going to go wrong and what's going to happen. How are they going to get sued? But if your answer to every question they give you is no, all the time, you know, no, don't do that. No, you can't do that they're going to start going someplace else and they may start getting advice from non-lawyers and other people that are going to get them in trouble. 
you you really the the good business attorneys find a way to say yes. Now it may be yes, you can do that, but let's do it this way so that you're protected. We can minimize the risks as you do that. It's very easy as the attorney to get scared and say no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, but <laughs> saying no all the time, it's it's like you know when you were a kid, if your mom told you no, you couldn't have a cookie, you stopped asking, you just got the cookie. <laughs> you know, and it's been got it anyway. Get <laughs> trouble later, right? <laughs> uh, same thing happens with your business clients. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I think, or yeah, any business attorneys listening, an entrepreneur, like a business owner, we're going to figure that out somehow, whether it's, you know, done right or not, maybe, but you're, you're going to try to figure out other ways and no is not a good answer to a business owner. You got to have some options out there. So yeah, I think unless the answer really is no, you know, so really is no, you know, <laughs> yeah. try to find unless it really way. is no. Yeah. Um, there are some answers you know, that Ponzi scheme. No, that's not a good idea. Yes, you have to pay your taxes. You can't get out of this. Sorry, you know, you got to do that. I was hoping you had a better answer for me than that. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Jim, so last question before we wrap up. And uh, also, everyone tuning in, please check out his website. Go check out his firm. Check out, uh, learn more about Jim. Uh, the website address is here at the bottom, magnerlaw.com. Uh, so check that out. We'll also post that link up once we get the episode live. So, Jim, what's what's really the plan? So you've been in about six years and uh, for this firm. Uh, what's your goals, plans for the next couple of years? We're slowly expanding, and we're expanding, I think, with the rate of the expansion of the county that we're in. As being in, It's nice being in a growth community because it means that our business is growing, and so are our clients' businesses growing. Uh, we want to add uh, some, some attorneys sort of slowly as we, we start to build. And eventually, I, you know, at some point, I'd like to have uh, my partners able to sort of take over the casework from me and me to focus on you know, the development of the clients, client development, selling the firm, managing the firm. You know, right now, it's, it's sort of, you know, you always have three hats to wear as a business owner, you know, <laughs> doing the work, selling the business, and then managing all the stuff, doing all the, the nitty gritty stuff of going through the books and the billing and everything else. The problem is you only have time to wear two hats. And one of those is always being neglected. And for most people, the one that's being neglected is the management stuff, right? There's always an inbox full of, you know, things you got to go through and, and stuff from the state bar you got to fill out forms for and the insurance. And, and, and those are things nobody likes to deal with. But, but eventually what I'd like to do is get to the point where I can truly be a managing attorney and not do the, the casework. The problem is I really enjoy the casework. And I really, that's the part that I, it's why you become a lawyer. If you want to stand in court, pound your fist and, and make, Shakespearean speeches at juries, you know, that's, that's why we do it. We don't do it so that we can go through, you know, billing invoices and, and pester attorneys about getting their time in. That's not why we became lawyers, but it has to be done. Yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, enjoy that for a little while and eventually can be uh, ex- you know, happy that you've gotten to a point where you, you don't have to do that because you're managing, you know, a, a managing partner at that point. So no, I, I think everything you had to share makes sense. It looks like you're on a great track a good structure in place. You're not trying to overdo it and scale too fast. You're focused on running a good business. So I think uh, those are all good things where I think you would make someone a very good business attorney. So anyone in Leesburg area, actually, so you actually serve some Northern Virginia and parts of Southern Maryland. Some parts of Southern Maryland. Um, uh, we have a, one of our attorneys is licensed in DC. We tend to avoid DC. Like okay. we will take a case there occasionally. But okay. mostly our bulk of our practice is Loudoun, Fairfax, Arlington, Alexandria, Prince William, Northern Virginia communities. Excellent. Okay. My brother lives in Prince William. I'll be up there soon, I guess, the visit. But uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and, and more about your firm. 
Um, I think some of the things you're doing are, are unique and, and a different kind of approach. So I think it's important. I think for, especially for business attorneys on that side of things, you know, where you got like some personal injury, that's a little bit more, more advertising is usually done in those areas where you, you got to stand out or be there. But I think for business attorneys, it's, you know, you got to build those relationships up and, and build those, those refill sources are super important and, and going from there. So, but anyway, uh, thanks for sharing. Anything else you'd like to share before we roll? No, thank you very much for having me. This is uh, A, easy and B, fun. So uh, I like things that are both easy and fun to do. Well, yeah, we try to make it easy and we try to make it fun um, and light and just have a conversation. So, uh, but anyway, hopefully I think folks are going to learn a lot from what you had to share, especially those looking to start and, and get, on, you know, get their own firm going. Uh, you're five, six years in, uh, kind of give them an idea where, where they can be. And, um, you know, kind of the, the ground... The foundational work you've done, I think, is is important and, and what you've kind of set up in the community to to build your practice. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. Everyone tuning in, if you want to see this episode, it'll be up on our podcast, of course, soon. It'll also be on our website, ArrayLaw.com, forward slash podcast. Um, and also look for it on lots of other platforms, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. So um, we'll get those out soon. And if you need any help, websites, SEO, advertising your firm, please let us know. Reach out, arraylaw.com. You can also reach out to me. Got any questions? Um, just happy to give advice if you don't know what you need to do um, or if you're just starting out and you need a more affordable option. I'm happy to share anything like that with you. Um, so any questions, reach out to me, Kevin, at thisisarray.com or go to the website and uh, fill out a form. We'll give you a call. Jim? Thanks so much again. You can hang on with me for just a second. We'll stop recording. Everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.